It's 1990. Ice Ice Baby becomes the first rap single to hit number one in the U.S. The most complete skeleton of a T-Rex is found in South Dakota, and a French legionnaire escapes the North African desert to enter the underground fighting circuit of Los Angeles to prove the heart of a lion can never be defeated. It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! I feel the need for need for I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, street fighters of all ages, I am LPJ, and this is the Last Action Podcast. And joining me this week, as pretty much every week so far, uh, Joe, how are you? I am great, LPJ. How are you? I am good. It's like I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah, if forever was <laughs> 10 minutes ago. <laughs> it's almost like I haven't been locked in a room with you for like three hours. You know, it could be worse. It could have been the Bond specials. We were locked in the same room for six hours. Oh, that's true. That was, you know, it came out okay. It did come out okay, <laughs> eventually. Um, so we are back. Last Action Podcast. It's yes. Monday. Yes. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. Thank you. Um, and we're talking about the 1990. Jean-Claude Van Damme classic, Lionheart. Lionheart. So, <laughs> I brought this movie. Yes. You to, you told me we were watching this. I, I didn't did. Have, I didn't have a say in the matter. <laughs> you didn't. I flat out <laughs> told you. This is the movie we're doing. Um, I mean, granted, you asked me to pick the movie. Well, that's true. I did tell you upon doing this that I'd like some of these that you just tell me something to watch. So, I didn't just fall back on movies I had seen before. Mm-hmm. Or remembered well. Right. This movie, if I do remember correctly, yes. you have seen before. Yes, and we and this comes up a lot when we're talking about this stuff, but we have kind of a shared history on this movie. We do. Because my memory of this, seeing it, is that it was a at your house. We were, we were younger. Yep. It was a sleepover. Yep. And we watched this movie and the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie Death Warrant back to back. I believe you are correct. <laughs> and in my mind, they were the same movie. <laughs> I couldn't quite pick them apart when I was trying to decide when I was, you know, before I watched it, I was like, well, I was like, one, he's like fighting in a swimming pool and he's in prison. And I just, I couldn't pick them apart. Well, I guess I'll do this now. I would in a minute. Pop, here we go. (laughs) So this movie, in fact, came out in 1990, as I said. What other movie from Jean-Claude Van Damme came out in 1990? 19, well, I'm assuming, based on the way this has gone, that it's Death Warrant. You're correct. <laughs> Not only that, they filmed Death Warrant first, but it came out after Interesting. Lionheart. Any particular reason? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. For whatever reason, they filmed Death Warrant first, then filmed this, and then released this first. But Death Warrant's the one where he goes undercover in the prison, right? Yes. Okay. Death Warrant's the prison one. This, obviously, you've seen. Yes. It, this movie is essentially Street Fighter. I would agree with that. Yeah. And, and in fact, the fact that he made Street Fighter later on, it was less of a Street Fighter movie than what this was. I will tell you this. We will get into the plot of this movie, but I described this after watching it to someone at work as like, 
You know, like those cutscenes between, like, when you're playing a fighting game and there's like a short <laughs> cutscene between the fight scenes, the fight, like when you're fighting. I'm like, that's what this movie is. It's like a bunch of fight scenes in a video game with some cutscenes in between. You're right. That's that's <laughs> that is essentially what this is. That's how I described it to someone after watching it. Yeah. Uh, the first time I saw this movie was at said birthday party. <laughs> uh, but I've since this is. I would say this is my favorite Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Wow. Yeah. That's a bold statement. It is. Going coming in hot. Coming in real hot take here. <laughs> uh, and granted I Jean Claude Van Damme is my guy. I yeah, that I do know that he is you, I mean, yeah. That he's, that I know from our friendship. Yeah, he's him. my guy. I love J, I love me some JCVD. And um yeah, I mean his movies aren't great. Right. But I enjoy them I am I am I am surprised right off the top. I'll say I'm surprised to hear you say that out of all of his movies, yeah. that this one is your favorite. This is, um, yeah. Not Bloodsport. No, not Bloodsport. Not not Kickboxer. Nope, not Time Cop. Not Time Cop. Nope. And it, we've talked about this. I've, I've you never haven't seen, seen Time Cop. I haven't seen Time Cop. I haven't seen Universal Soldier. Which is weird. But I've seen Universal Soldier The Return. Yeah, because we went, we went to see that in the theater. Right. But, it, but that is surprising to me to hear you say that this is your favorite. Yeah, this is I think top to bottom. This is my favorite. Um and uh and and so obviously Jean-Claude Van Damme is in this and uh it was it was directed by someone who he works with quite a bit. Yeah. Um he has basically him and so Sheldon Ledich is the guy who helped write this and direct it. Uh, he wrote it with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Which, to me, that was the most insane thing to me when I was watching this movie. I had no idea. And in the opening credits, it says, story by Jean-Claude Van Damme. And I was like, what? I paused the movie and took a picture of it and sent it to everybody I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I was blown away. Yeah, I had forgotten that part of it. Yeah, like, that- I had forgotten that he wrote this. But the whole the whole uh, impetus of it was uh, Sheldon Ledich had worked with him on Kickboxer. Okay. And um, I think it was Kickboxer. I want to make sure I got that right. I think it was Bloodsport. It was Bloodsport. Right. I, I well, let me get this right. I want okay. to make sure I'm giving this giving this justice. Okay. Um, yes, it was Bloodsport. I apologize. Uh, yeah, so it was Bloodsport. He was actually the screenwriter on Bloodsport, and he saw Jean Claude Van Damme acting in Bloodsport, and then from talking with him, he realized that he could actually act a little bit. Right. You know. Far more than the lines they were giving him. Yeah. So him and 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 JCVD collaborated on Lionheart. He directed Lionheart, and you know gave JCVD a lot of lines. Right. And uh, actual acting assignments, basically. <laughs> um, and I don't think he did a bad job at all. No, I mean I I have I mean we'll get into it. I have some problems with this movie, sure. but they're not necessarily all Jean Claude Van Damme based. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I would agree with that. There are definitely some issues with this. <laughs> uh, so, um, also in this movie, uh, Harrison Page, uh, who nobody really knows who that is. Yeah, and that was my thing too. When I was kind of preparing and going through the cast, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Yeah, and none of them. I mean, Brian Thompson is a character actor in action films. He also played. Um, uh, in Mortal Kombat Annihilation, he was the, I can't think of the guy's name now, but whoever the big head boss guy, not Shao Kahn. No, it is Shao Kahn. You are overestimating my Mortal Kombat knowledge. Fair enough. And forgive me, but who is that guy in this movie? 
Oh, he's the the blonde guy that's always with. Uh, oh yeah, the guy that he kind of looked. Okay, he looked familiar. He looked like Adam Baldwin to me. Yes, he looks like yeah, he looks like blonde Adam Baldwin. Yeah, but he's not. Okay, obviously Adam Baldwin. He's right. Brian Thompson. Right. But yeah, Brian Thompson's the character actor. He does a lot of like action roles as a thug or a bad guy. Right. Um, you know, one of those yeah. types of characters. He, he looked familiar. Yeah, he's not, been in a bunch of stuff. And not just because I thought he was Adam Baldwin. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and then the other person of note in this is um, Ashley Johnson, who was the girl in this, but she went on to do a bunch of other roles uh, as an adult. So she's in... Oh, she's the, okay, the young girl, the niece. The niece, yeah. Okay. Do you remember uh, in... In uh, the Avengers movie. I remember the Avengers. Okay. Do you remember the waitress that gets rescued? Oh, shit. That's who that is. That's her, the one that like Captain America saves? Yes. Oh, man. That's Ashley Johnson. Uh, she was also in uh, Joss Whedon's Dollhouse. Okay. Um, and she's been in a couple. Of, she does a lot of voiceover work as well. Okay. Um, the I'm sorry. I'm pulling this back up here. <laughs> I apologize for my clicky clickies. Uh, movie was not budgeted. Very large. It was a six million dollar budget. Yep. But it made twenty four million. I saw that, which is a, a pretty good turnaround. It is a pretty good turnaround, especially for a really low. This is a low budget action film, and Van Damme wasn't really huge. I mean, he was known for being in in Bloodsport and Kickboxer, but this was kind of his big coming out. <laughs> and so, while we're talking about him as the star of this movie, sure. uh, I'll I'll get into what we still don't know is the exact name of the segment. Um, but do you, do you want to take a stab at Jean-Claude Van Damme's net worth? I do. Um, I know it's gone up recently. Because um, of those Tostitos ads he does now? The Tostitos ads and his, and his TV show, uh, Jean-Claude Van, da- Van Johnson. Okay. was actually really good. Um, he had a bunch of issues with taxes, though. And he's <laughs> okay. been to jail a couple times. Okay. I think. Uh, and he's got several wives. I'm going to say, I'm going to put it right at $10 million. Ten million, you're low. It's thirty million dollars. Is it really thirty million? That's according to the internet, and you know you believe everything that's on the yep. internet. That makes me happy, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm glad JCVD is doing well. Yeah, so there you go. Sweet. Yeah, because um, for a lot for a long time, you know, he didn't want to do things like the Expendables for whatever reason. I right. don't know why. But didn't he do the Expendables? He did. Too? He was the villain in the Expendables too. I feel like he probably has his money just from the sheer volume of movies he's made over his lifetime. Yeah, I would I would say so because he's made a ton of stuff and a lot of it's been yeah you know, obviously straight to video. Yeah, because even after his time kind of peaked in the box office, he was still making straight to video stuff. Yeah, he he was basically still making the same movies. Yeah, just they weren't being released in theaters. Yeah, but I mean, he's still he's still getting paid for that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, and he also went on to direct a few of them as well, and some of them were were highly rated. Um, so this movie, how do I describe this movie? <laughs> This movie is essentially Street Fighter the movie. Right. Uh, however, the setup for it is JCVD is a French foreign legionnaire. Right. Which, I, and it, it, you don't have to get into this too much, but what's the French foreign legion? Um, it's basically like... Um, is it just like a branch of the yeah, French military? Yeah, but, the, but, the, yeah, but they are more... Um, they're not in France. They put them in other places. Like in this particular time, in, in this particular setting, he's in North Africa. He's in North Africa. Okay. Like they're not based in France. They're right. kind of like outposts. Okay. 
Uh, and in, in, in here, he actually took the rap for his brother. Okay. So the reason why he's in the French Foreign Legion is it's part of his sentence. Okay. You know, and that's, there's a couple of things in this movie that I feel like aren't very explained very well. I agree. And I think this is one of them where they kind of touch on where like he's telling his sister-in-law like, oh, he wouldn't have survived in prison and all this stuff, but they don't elaborate it enough so you fully understand what's going on. I had to watch, I, I mean, I've seen this movie several times and I didn't really pick up on all of it until I've seen it, you know. Probably five or six times. Okay. Uh, so the so essentially what happens is his brother is a drug addict, and his brother kind of gets into some kind of deal uh, to buy drugs, uh, and um, and and JCVD basically takes the heat and goes to prison for him and takes all the blame because he doesn't think his brother can kind of handle it. Okay. Um, which eventually proves to be the case. Now, is that why everyone in the French Foreign Legion seems to hate him so much? Yeah, because he's a criminal. <laughs> okay. Because he's not there because he chose to be. Okay. He's there because that was his sentence. Or I would assume he probably had, he could have chosen between jail time and you know, the French Foreign Legion. And in, in this, like, okay, because this is something where if it had been explained better, because now when you're telling me this, yeah, it explains to me as to why they went through so many lengths to try and get him back. Yes. If it was part of his prison sentence. Right. Because other than that, I was confused. Yeah. He, I think he had to sign up for, I think it was a two-year service, and he was six months shy. Okay. Um, uh, so it, so his brother basically gets back into drugs, and um, a drug deal goes sour. He ends up getting burned alive, Yeah, basically. lit on fire, which doesn't seem the most effective way to kill someone. No, I, I would imagine. <laughs> uh, and... His brother's in the hospital, and while Van Damme is in this Foreign Legion camp, uh, they're withholding his mail, so he has no idea what's going on. He eventually finds out. Um, I don't remember. Well, there's like a there's a scene where he's just like there, and these guys pull up in the jeep, and they're like, "Oh, any mail today?" And it's like, "Oh, you got a letter," and they're like smelling it all weird and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it was strange. And then like they're not going to give it to him, but he like beats him up and basically takes it and reads it. Yeah, and finds out about his brother. Because it's right. from his sister-in-law, I think. Uh, I would imagine, yeah, it probably was. And that's when they like he's trying to get them to let him go home and and take care of this, but they they won't let him out. Right, they won't let him out for whatever reason. I mean, well, now now prison. that you're telling me that if it's a part of a prison sentence, it makes, makes more, more sense. sense to me as to why they would not let him go. Right. <laughs> uh, and then he breaks out. He uh, basically steals a jeep and takes off and. I don't know how they couldn't find him in that Jeep. It's just a big open desert. Right, in the middle of the desert, like nowhere to hide. And they come back and they're like, we lost him. <laughs> we don't know where he went. And so he eventually hops on a boat uh, and, and hitchhikes a ride to he what he thinks is going to be L.A., but he right. ends up in New York. Right. Uh, and then uh, he needs money. Yeah, and that, well, first of all, we should say another person that immediately hates him, that ship captain, seems to hate him quite a bit, too. Yeah. And he beats up the ship captain too. Yeah, which swim, swims the shore in New York, just jumps off the boat. Yeah, because he's well, he's JCVD. He can do anything. That's true. So he's he he gets on the payphone and he's trying to reach out to his uh, sister-in-law. Right. But he doesn't have any money. He has no money. And then conveniently, conveniently <laughs> under the bridge next to the payphone, there's an underground street fight going on. Yeah, that <laughs> apparently is just accepting all challenges. Yeah, and there seem to be a lot of like construction workers with like helmets and stuff watching. There's this a fight. lot of construction workers. Yeah, which I was very surprised at. You'd, you'd think they'd be working, <laughs> but apparently they just want to spend well, their lunch hour watching homeless people 
fight. <laughs> under an under uh, overpass. Right. <laughs> uh, and and so he enters the fight and wins. Yeah, pretty handily. Yeah, it was it wasn't it wasn't even close. And, and so Josh, he meets Joshua at that point. Joshua's the guy kind of fixing the fights at this, you know, kind of arranging for the fights. Right. And Joshua takes it upon himself to uh, become JCVD's manager. Right, and that's where he kind of gets the uh, the name because he tells him that his name is Leon. Yep. And he keeps he's like Call Lion, Lion. Your name's Lion. Yeah. So. Yep. And uh, which makes sense, Leon, Lion. Yeah. Sure, French, sure. whatever. Sure, it works. Yeah, it totally works. Uh, and then eventually, um, you know, he keeps getting more and more fights, and he and 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 Joshua takes him to meet Cynthia, who is this rich, well-to-do woman in New York. Who happens to also run an underground fight ring right. somehow? <laughs> she's like arranges all these fights and has basically it's like like if the UFC existed, but it was all like underground shady stuff. Yeah, run by rich people. Yes, it was very strange. That's one of the things I didn't really get. If she's so rich, why is she running these fights? Because uh, I'm assuming she's making her money off the fights, so she has to keep doing them to continue to be wealthy. I mean, at some point, wouldn't she just invest? <laughs> I mean, it seems like, yeah, you're right, but I mean, the logic of this movie is no, you keep betting on street fights. I guess. <laughs> Whatever, it worked out for uh, for a little while, at least. Well, she's the one that gives him that name of... Um, Lionheart. Lionheart. Because mm-hmm. it's more bankable, I guess, than uh, than just the lion. lion. Yeah, and that, that so because Joshua brings him to like a parking structure where all the rich people are, and he's going to fight, and there's a guy named Sonny who fights in like jeans and a leather vest with no shirt. Right, <laughs> who is essentially a cast-off from Roadhouse. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, that's basically who he's fighting, a cast-off from Roadhouse. And everyone in this movie is constantly talking about how pretty JCVD is. Yeah. It's bizarre. But they don't want to mess up his face. He's <laughs> like, all right, whatever. That, and then he beats the shit out of everybody, and they go on their way. Sonny has that line, which I wrote down, which is kind of... <laughs> do you remember what it is? No. When he tells him when he's about to fight JCVD, and he says, "Oh yeah," he says, "I don't know if I want to fight you or, or fuck, fuck you." you. <laughs> I was like, "What?" And then he beats Sonny by one punch to the balls. Yeah, which is a smart move. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'm surprised there isn't more of that in this movie. And Sonny is on the ground in pain for a long time. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, like a lot of pain. So he he makes money off this fight, and they finally get to go out to California. Well. He's going to go to California one way or another. Right. So he's just going to California. Yes. Uh, and uh, Cynthia wants to set him up in the fight ring in California, which apparently she also runs. <laughs> you know. Yeah. She just happens to run the one where he needs to be. Yeah. Uh, so they go out to California, and um, he kind of spies on his sister-in-law at first. Well, no. Okay. Let's let's not skip over something to me that is like one of the big things about this movie that I have a problem with. So he okay. goes he goes to the hospital first. To find it, to see his brother. Sure. And they're, they're like, oh, your brother's dead. He died a couple weeks ago. And he's like, okay. And then he's like, all right, well, who did this? I'm going to find out who did this and bring him to justice. And the guy's like, nah, they already, the cops already found him. They're arrested. And that's it. Like, you think that's going to be a big motivation for him is finding out or why didn't they tie in who killed his brother to the main plot? It's just like, no, the cops caught him. That's it. Yeah, you know. But that makes sense. If it's just a drug deal gone wrong, why would the drug dealers be part of the fight ring? Well, I mean, yes. I mean, that makes sense in, like, normal logic, but in the logic of this movie... (laughs) Well, it's not very dramatic. No, I agree with that. But, you know, you can't try to tie everything together. (laughs) That's fair, but to me it was just kind of like, 
oh, okay, he's dead. They already caught the guys. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they didn't already catch the guy, and the, and the doctor was just telling that. Because I mean, how would the doctor know? I, that is true. I don't know how the doctor knew, but he had a lot of information. He did have a lot of information. But anyway, so that, I'm sorry, that took place before he goes and kind of is like spying on his sister-in-law. Yeah, and then, and then eventually he goes up the stairs and to her apartment and um, meets his niece, uh, played by Ashley Johnson. And, um, and, and I guess that's where the plot of why he was in the prison camp is explained. Right. It's, Cause they touch on it briefly. Cause she's like pissed at him. Cause it's like, oh, cause he fi- wasn't there sooner. Yeah. It's like, oh, you finally decided to show up. And that's where they kind of gloss over the thing about him taking the rap for his brother. Yeah. And she didn't know apparently. Right. So I guess, I don't know. I don't know why she would be that mad. I, <laughs> You got me. I don't know. God, she wanted him to be there more or faster, or she thought it was his fault because he wasn't there to look after his brother. I don't know. Yeah. Her, the reason why she's mad, I don't get that whole part of it. Like, I don't understand. Because she doesn't want anything to do with him. She's like, get out of here. I don't want your money. I don't want you around my daughter. She basically is like, get out of town. Right. Um, which, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, and, and so he... So at that point, he decides he wants to help her because he sees what kind of job she's in. Yeah, she's working at some kind of like uh, factory. Oh, and there's that guy that's going to evict her. The landlord. He 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 hears the landlord talking yeah, to her. Conveniently, when he's first going up the stairs, he's yep. like, "You're you're late on the rent. And you got till the end of the week, and I'm going to kick you out and all this stuff." Right. So he decides at that point that he needs to help her out. So he Joshua fixes him up with some more fights, and these fights are. Weird. <laughs> They're so weird. They all take in such. They take place in such very specific locations. Yeah, with very specific adversaries. And that's where, like you said, and we were talking about this, like a video game, because it's like, oh, this background is here, and this is the person we're fighting. You know, and it's yeah, like, it, I mean, it basically, is Street Fighter. Yeah, because like it, the, the first fight he has in California is like it's fighting a Scottish a, guy. Yeah, fighting a guy in a kilt, and there's like all these cars around shining their headlights on. Right. And they they fight on top of the cars. And it's a cool fight. Yeah, it's a cool fight. I mean, all the fight scenes in this are cool. Absolutely. And then his second fight in California is in, like, a racquetball court. Yeah, that was... <laughs> Fighting a guy that kind of looked like Diamond Dallas Page, I he, thought. Yeah, he did. He looked like DDP, and it was in some random racquetball court. Yeah, which is like, okay. <laughs> and then the, the third fight he has is in, like... Uh, is that the emptied out pool? It's, uh, well, set mostly emptied out pool. Yeah. And they're fighting in the, the wrestling singlets for some reason. Right, right, right. <laughs> and then he doesn't kill the guy, drags right. him out of the water. Um, there's, a, there's a scene there, so he's got a cut on his face. Then he goes in the water, and the cut's magically gone. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> um, yeah, and then what was the, the fight? Is the fight after that Attila? Yeah, the, the after those, like that one, he went, so, I mean, obviously there's other plot going on, but the fight after sure. that is, those are the ones out in California is when he fights Attila. Is okay, the last Attila's one. the last one, and it's, so it's just the four. Right, and I mean, like, some of the stuff that we were, were in between this is that he basically, uh, Joshua takes him, and he's staying at, like, Cynthia's place out there initially, and she, like, kind of hooks him up with a bunch of, like, clothes and takes him shopping and weird stuff like that, and they, because his sister-in-law won't take the money, he basically has her create, like, an account and sends Joshua over there and is like, oh, hey, your husband had a life insurance policy that he didn't tell you about, so you're going to be getting these checks, like, every week. And it's a way for Jean-Claude Van Damme to give her the money and her to accept it. Right. And she doesn't really 
have a second thought about it. <laughs> just like, okay, this random guy with gold teeth is here, handing me a check. Yeah. For some life insurance policy and that she, my drug addict husband apparently took out. Yeah, she doesn't even put together at all. It's like, oh, uh, Leon wanted to give me money and I wouldn't take it. And now all of a sudden I'm getting money all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, whatever, you know. Um, and, uh, so I want to talk about Joshua for a second here. Okay. He's maybe my favorite part of this movie. <laughs> he is pretty good in it. He is really good. And, and I was surprised I didn't see him in more stuff after this. Yeah. The, yeah. Again, he's like, like most people in this movie, he's kind of like one and done. Yeah. Um, but his character's great. Like, if, you know, the 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 little quips, the little one. It, it seems all very believable. Like, he knows what he's getting into, and he kind of is reluctantly getting into it. But at the same time, he knows the money's good. Right. So he's totally for it. Well, and, and another thing, another kind of one of my complaints is that, like, again, I feel like this movie has a lot of things that they touch on but don't expand on enough. Is like they kind of hint that he has some kind of background in this fighting ring. Like he once fought in it because he knows Cynthia and like she screwed him over somehow. But it's like it's only like briefly mentioned and not expanded upon at all. So you kind of are like, wait, is that something that happened? And they don't get into it at all. Yeah, like was he a good fighter at one time? And how long is he having? He's he's not terribly young. No. So how long have these fights been going on? Right, and that's what I'm saying. It's like they allude to it, but then they don't give you any payoff. So it's like, why bring it up at all? Exactly. I mean, maybe maybe to, to establish that they had a previous relationship at some point. I mean, I guess it's like that's how he knows how all this stuff works, but it's like, I don't know. It was It's kind of like a dangling thread to me. Yeah, no, it was. It was definitely, there's a lot of, there's a few dangling threads in this. Because it's not like, I mean, this movie isn't terribly long, but it's also not super short. I mean, it's closer to two hours and an hour and a half. Right, right. So it's like, what is taking up all the time in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it. And then the other part that's going on is the Foreign Legion sends these two other legionnaires to come after right. Leon to try and get him back. Well, and I do like that part earlier in the film where the, the guy that runs the Foreign Legion camp that he bailed on like goes to France and is like, hey, this guy you know, took off. He's going to L.A. I think we need to get him. And the guy's like, well, you know what? I'm going to all call the LAPD, but they have more importance. It's like, he's basically like, this isn't a big deal. Who cares? Yeah, he's going to be out in th- at that point. He's going to be out in three months anyway. Yeah. And the, the, so the guy basically tells him, to like, don't worry about it. Who cares? And he's like, well, I'll, I'll take care of it. And that's when he sends those other guys to find him. Right. And who are kind of dogging him the whole movie. Yeah, they're, they're sort of chasing him the whole movie. It reminded me a lot of in uh, Bloodsport where um, the two the two guys are trying to find him that movie and kind of looking all around for him and like almost finding him and chasing him and stuff like that. Yeah, with uh, Forrest Whitaker and yeah, the Forrest, other guy. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, it's Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> Pop quiz, hot shot. So the, uh, one of the Legionnaires chasing him, not the Russian guy. Okay. The other guy. Okay. Uh, has been in several movies with JCVD. Um, oh, I lost it. <laughs> I had the number. I don't know what happened to it. All right, so it's less of a pop quiz and more of a more of a factoid. Okay. So he's actually him, and Attila is his brother. Oh shoot! In real life, Michael Kesey, and I think his brother's name is like Armando. It's something weird. Uh, yeah, Michael Kesey and uh, Abdel Kesey is Attila. Okay. Uh, they're brothers. They are in several movies with Jean-Claude Van Damme, and JCVD actually helped teach them uh, martial arts. Oh, okay. And so that's why they're in the movies. Because that's, I mean, that's something like when we touched upon this, I mean, a little bit when we talked about Steven Seagal, when we talked about yeah. Wesley Snipes, when we did Blade, but, I mean, Jean-Claude Van Damme 
this I mean he know like the martial arts is something he actually knows. Yeah, oh yeah, like, that's how he got his that's how he got his start is he is a legit martial artist. Um I don't remember exactly what he's trained in. Um I'm looking that up right now. Well, and I will say while you're looking that up, that's something that does come across in this movie. I have a lot of gripes about it, but it, he is believable in all his fights and stuff that he does. It's not like outrageous, you know, like you believe that he could pull off most of the stuff. Yeah, uh, he's trained in uh, kick, uh, karate, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and Taekwondo, and he actually was a professional kickboxer. And one thing I'm not sure, does he do the splits in this movie at all? Oh, I don't think he does. No, he doesn't. However, this is the first movie where he shows off his ass. I was gonna say, and he, it was improvised. I was gonna say, I remember he shows his buns, but I, <laughs> I don't don't remember if he did the splits or not. Yeah, no, this is this is the first movie. It was improvised. No, he doesn't do the splits in this one. I think the the splits was in. Well, I know he does the splits in. It's Bloodsport. in Bloodsport, yeah. yeah, and in Kickboxer. What is the timeline of this? When did Bloodsport come out? Do you know? The year before. Okay, so it's all kind of. Hitting around the same time. Yeah, I think blood, no, Bloodsport was, um, Kickboxer was 89. Bloodsport would have been before that. Maybe like 88. 88. Okay. And then this is, uh, this is 90. And I feel like, um, Double Impact. Double Impact was right after this. I feel like that that was, um, like 91, 91. which yeah. was also directed by the same guy, right? Directed by the same guy and written by the same guy. Okay. Yeah, that was their kind of follow up to this. You know, this went well. So they thought, all right, well, let's let's double up Van Dam, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and that I actually liked the Olympic quite a bit. Yeah, I you know I think that's one that I've seen, but not in a long time. I'd like to revisit it. Yeah, though. that was pretty good. Um, where, where oh, a side note: what we're talking about oh, that, yes. that director, I saw that apparently he also wrote the third Rambo movie. He did write the third <laughs> Rambo movie. Yeah, he wrote a lot of things. Most of them for JCVD, and then some random <laughs> action films. So okay, so where were we at in this? Uh, we were talking about uh, oh, we were talking about the different the French Foreign Legion guys yes. going after him, and they're kind of dogging him the whole movie. He has like a scene where they chase him, and they're kind of like watching after his sister in law and trying. Yeah, they're for stalking. Him. They they figured out who his sister in law is based yeah. on the letters that were sent to him. Right, and so they're just kind of staking out her house, waiting for him to show up. And he of course keeps showing up, obviously, because <laughs> you know that's what you do. And uh, so they eventually track him down, and he he beats him up and escapes with the help of Brian Thompson. Uh, he pulls him into the limo, and then that's where they start talking about that super fight with uh, with Attila. With Attila, which I think in one of those uh, scuffles, is it with the French Foreign Legion guys when he gets the scuffle where he gets his ribs hurt? Yes. Which becomes a major plot point in the last fight. Correct, yeah. Yeah, he, he breaks his rib um, as part of that little... As part of that scuffle in the, in the alley. Now, when they introduce Attila, yeah, this is maybe you can help clear this up for me. So she, Cynthia, wants to arrange this super fight. Yes, and she knows that Attila is like this. They watch this video of him, right. and it's like he kind of plays possum at the beginning and lets this guy take a bunch of hits, and then like if I remember correctly, like picks him up and breaks him like a wishbone or something. Pretty right? much, yeah. <laughs> and then so she's gonna arrange this fight because she wants. Lionheart to lose, I guess, because then they right because they show this video to a bunch of British guys that they want to bet on the fight, but they show the edited version and they just show him getting beat up a bunch. Well, they show they show JCVD and the British guys, right? So that JCVD doesn't really know the whole story, right? They just show the part where he's getting beat up a bunch, and not where they not where it's like, oh, he's playing possum and he's super strong and he like rips a guy in half, right? Okay. To one end, though, because they want the British guys to bet on the fight. They want the British guys to bet on JCVD so that she can bet on Attila. Because I guess, like, 
she had she had placed some bad bets and needed to make up some money, so she was rig- basically rigging this fight so that everybody was going to bet on John Claude Van Damme so that she could get all of her money. Okay, because betting I'm, on Attila. I'm not great on betting, but if the odds are lower for Attila to win, uh-huh. you're going to get a better payoff. Because if right. all the money's on Jean-Claude Van Damme and you bet all the money on the guy that has worse odds, you're going to make more money. Well, and he's going to win. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, got it. Yep. That checks out. And you're right. They do allude that she has some like debt she needs to pay off. Yeah. So... Um, so, but around this time though, like she comes, he comes kind of clean with his sister-in-law, uh, lets her know that he's been sending her the money and that they got to get out of there because like. Yeah. Cause the foreign legion guys at that point have like, uh, she sees the foreign legion guys come after him. Right. When he gets his ribs hurt. That's right. Yeah. And so that's how, you know, he comes home all bloody and that's how he, she, she explains, he explains at that point exactly what's going on. And they're like, we're going to do this one last fight. Um, and then we're going to move out of here. We're going to move out of here. We're going to take everyone away and we're going to like... But then it's like some more confusing betting stuff because like they go into the fight and Jean-Claude Van Damme says that he bet all his money on himself. Yep. But then Joshua bets all his money on Attila. On separate... Yeah. So he... So JCVD takes his money and bets on himself. Joshua takes Joshua's money and bets on Attila. Okay. And that's where my confusion was because I thought that I thought that Joshua was supposed to make the bet on JV, JCVD, but then just made it on Attila set. It was a throwaway line where he said he already made, where JCVD says, I already made my bet, and he bet on himself. Okay, they're betting their own money. Okay, that, That's right. Yeah. That was confusing for me, but mm-hmm. I got it now. <laughs> yes. And then um, it, what was crazy is this particular random unsanctioned street fight is now worldwide. Yeah. Because they're taking bets from like Tokyo and <laughs> London and there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. And we should also say that Cynthia at this point has a meeting with those French Foreign Legion guys and they're like, hey, listen, I'll let you take them, but yeah. so let them have this fight first. Which is kind of like, again, like Bloodsport when he like finally with, like, uh, Forrest Whitaker, they're like, okay, we're going to take you back, but we're going to let you fight in this final fight. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't, I didn't really get that part of it. Like, why, first of all, why do they really care whether or not they got him back? I mean. Well, ultimately, they didn't. Well, no, they didn't. <laughs> but that whole motivation behind it, you Well, know. I think it was, like, it was like, she wanted to make the money off this fight, so she didn't want them to take him away before the fight happened. Right. So maybe she was going to give him a cut of the money. I don't know if that comes um, up at all. I don't know. I, I don't remember that ever coming up. No, it didn't specifically, but again, it might just be a dangling plot that they didn't cover. I, what I guess is maybe because at that point he'd be so beat up, it's not like he could fight them and it'd be easier for him to take them. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. That tracks. Which is exactly what happens. Yeah. You know, he gets his, he gets his ass kicked, basically, and then at the end pulls out and wins. Well, yeah. I mean, okay. So <laughs> this big fight happens, and I think I'm like, is this this? I don't know where this fight's happening. It appears to be happening in a circus tent because there's like, <laughs> well, no, it's a tennis court that they put a tent over. Oh, okay, right. Okay, because I was like, is this a circus? Because <laughs> there's like stands, but okay, that makes sense. So he's basically just getting the crap kicked out of him by Attila. He's getting repeatedly punched in his broken ribs and just beat up all over the place, and yep. then like. Just like turns a switch, and all of a sudden he's just. I, I think he kicks Attila approximately like eight hundred times in the face. Oh, easily. <laughs> and like he lands in the crowd, and there's like blood on people. And like while this is happening, you can see he's like changing the opinion of the French Foreign Legion guys. Yeah, well, just the one at first, right? Just uh, not the Russian guy. 
they're starting to like respect him. Yeah, yeah, and and kind of understand like what's happening. Um, but uh, again, like you're right. He, how does he just all of a sudden turn the switch? Yeah, because he's getting beat up really bad. Like yeah. he doesn't, I think, land like one or two punches. And oh then, yeah, and then he like he's like on the ground, and everyone thinks he's out, and he gets up, and he's just like. Yeah. It's just like, but I mean, it's also kind of like Bloodsport. It's exactly like Bloodsport, <laughs> which is like it's directed and written by the same guy. So, oh, totally. So and, he, and I'm sure they they took whatever the best parts of all of the previous movies that he made and stuck it in here. Yeah, which I mean, it's like we know going into this that he's going to win. Sure. And that's, I mean, I don't say it's really an issue because I get that this is a movie, but there's never any point where you think that he's going to lose one of these fights. No, 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 no. And really, until this one, he doesn't really have much... Tr- I mean, he gets beat up by the guy in the kill a little bit. Yeah. And he gets beat up by the guy in the pool a little bit. A little bit. But nothing, like, to this extent until they get to this fight. Yeah, no. And, and until it's huge. Yeah. Like, a- compared, to, to, compared to JCVD... He's like twice the size. Yeah, he's a big guy. He comes in on a plane. I think he's got like a cat in his hand. And Dude, man, all of the villains in this are like Bond villains. <laughs> like even even Cynthia. Yeah, they're all like these weird uber villains. Yeah, it which, is the strangest thing. Which is yeah, it's I don't know. Like I said, I have thoughts, but it's we'll get into it. But so he wins this fight. Mm-hmm. He beats Attila, and then he's like, all right, he goes home, and he's like. We're going to get out of here, but then, like, the French Foreign Legion show up to take him back. Yeah, they, um, no, they, they pick him up off of the, off of the floor after the fight. Oh, okay, And that's they right. drive him back home so we can say his goodbyes. Right, okay, that's right. And then we get the subplot, or not, the kind of throwaway thing where, like, Cynthia, she lost all her money. Yeah. And so they're like, oh, you owe us, and blah, blah, blah. So they, basically, they allude that bad things are going to happen to her. Yeah, and that she doesn't have the money. Right, because she bet everything and hoped that. Yep. And, of course, she bet wrong. Clearly. So they take uh, Leon home. To say his goodbyes to Joshua and his uh, sister-in-law and his niece. Yep. And it's like a tearful goodbye, and they're going to take him away, and they, they load him in the car, and they drive him away. And this is, <laughs> this is what's confusing to me, because it seemed like they decided that they were going to let him go already. Yeah. So why did they go through the exercise of getting him in the car and driving, like, around the block and I then letting him know. go? <laughs> that, was, that was one of my notes. It's like, why put him in the car if they're just going to release him? I mean, I get it from a movie standpoint because you get that dramatic thing of him running down the street and like yeah. coming back. But it's like it's so dumb because it's like they had already made up their mind to let him go. So why even go through the whole like charade of like putting him in the car and driving down the street and all that? Yeah, no, I, I don't know. And then again, if if like what are they are they at that point not worried about finding him and taking him back? Like what? Is there going to be some kind of consequence? I mean, I would assume, you know, like communication's not what it was now. So maybe they just tell him that, hey, we never found him or he slipped through our fingers or something like that, you know? Like, we don't know. Because they never go back to that guy that had such a mad on for JCVD at the beginning of no, it. No, they don't. So I guess what, like, what, what are the ramifications of them letting him go, I guess is what I'm asking. Uh, who but knows? there's no way to know. Who knows? Because like many things in this movie, it's touched on but never fully explained. Right, right, right. Because that guy never comes back. He nope. sends those guys. They decide to let him go, but we don't know. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. There's, there's no, there's no resolution. There's to like it. no scenes of those guys checking in back with that guy to say, "Hey, we found him" or anything. Right. Which, so. I mean, I guess, 
I mean, I guess you don't really need the closure. No. But, uh, you know, it'd be nice. <laughs> it would be nice. Like I said, I, this movie has a few too many... Like, I'm fine with a movie having a slim plot. Sure. And a loosely put together plot. But it's like, this movie wants to have it both ways. Because yes. it's got a very thin plot, but it also has these things that it touches on, but never fully explores. Right. Like, the thing with the backstory between uh, JCVD and his brother, and what's mm-hmm. going on with Josh and the fighting ring, and the French Foreign Legion, which, like, I didn't understand the prison sentencing until you explained it to me. So it's like... I don't know. I think if they would have just maybe tried to streamline it a little bit more, you know? Yeah, and just clarified a couple things. Yeah. You no, know, I understand it, that. It would have been flowed better because now it's just, I don't know. Like I said, the the whole thing about it, like cutscenes between fights in a video game is what I'm getting. <laughs> right. No, and, and, and I definitely see your point as far as that part goes. Um, yeah, the movie definitely just feels like a several scenes tied together and not... A totally cohesive film. Right. It was like, we want to have these scenes of JCVD fighting. How can we put them together in a movie? Right. Which, yeah. I mean, the fights are great, but the stuff in between, eh, I don't know if it works as well. No, and some of it's really weird. Like, the, all the stuff where Cynthia's, is she trying to sleep with him? Oh, for sure. And then... She's hitting on him a lot. Oh, like a ton. And she takes him shopping, and there's, like, one of those classic, like, late 80s, 90s montages where he's trying on clothes, and they're playing, like, ridiculous music, and it's... Speaking (laughs) of ridiculous, the underwear he was wearing was ridiculous. (laughs) It was so... It was inappropriate. Was it more ridiculous than the Jackie Chan underwear from uh, Rumble in the Bronx? far more inappropriate (laughs) than Jackie Chan's One Piece. So the number one most inappropriate underwear in last action podcast history is now Jean-Claude Van Damme. 100%. (laughs) I would agree with that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's terrible. It's basically like a banana hammock. Oh, yeah. He might as well not have been wearing... (laughs) He only needed to be have... He basically just had something covering his dick. That's yeah, it. Suddenly, now you're saying this is your favorite movie. It's all coming together. You're talking about his buns yep. and this thing that he's wearing. Yep. And it's suddenly making sense. Listen, you take it all or you take none of it. <laughs> That's how it works. Uh, and yeah, and essentially at this point, the movie's over. Like, yes. He's back with... His sister-in-law, who is his love interest now? Yeah, that's weird, too. It's like, is there something going on between them? Or no, and, and his niece. And Joshua's living with them, and they, in theory, should have a bunch of money from the bet that he made on himself. Yeah. But did he get a chance to collect it? I don't know. That's Like I said, there's so many stuff in this movie that if they just would have clarified a little bit, I think it would make for a better movie. Yeah, I, I would think so. But, you know, all in all, it's not terrible. <laughs> there's... There's, there's only like w- there is worse things. There's only like one piece of music in this entire thing. Yes, and it's the theme, and I'll play a little bit of that. Okay. So essentially, 
the entire score is just that theme played different ways over and over and over again. <laughs> that is true. Which I don't hate. I mean, it's a good theme. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's it's better than I would expect from this movie. Oh, yeah, totally. But, uh, but yeah, there's really not a, not a ton to it. No. No, there's really not. And that's how the film ends is like that big swell of music and then him running back like down the street all yeah. beat up still. And they're like, oh, Leon, Leon. Yeah. Oh, he's back. And then, uh, yeah, and then credits. Yeah, they hug it out and it's the end of the credits. Yeah. Um, do you want to take a stab? Yeah. I mean, I guess you could say it's a pop quiz if you want. Uh, well, I mean, I would, would be happy to, to push the button. I mean, here we go. Pop quiz, hot shot. Do you want to take a stab at what the Rotten Tomatoes score for this movie is? The Rotten Tomatoes score. I'm guessing it's probably pretty low. Okay. I'm going to say it's like 45 Wow, that is a lot higher than the actual score. Do you want to take a second stab? Oh, oh that hurts. <laughs> 25? Closer, 27%. Okay. On Rotten Tomatoes. All right. And an aud- but the audience score is a lot better, 52%. I guess it's a lot better, technically. So the, so the fans like it more than the critics, All right. which makes sense. Oh, it totally makes sense. <laughs> 100% makes sense. And I and I guess the other interesting thing I saw about this, and maybe I'm sure you found this in the research, is that it was made more independently, I guess, not with the backing of a major studio. Right. So they released it in, in different places, and it had different titles. Yes, it had the, lots of different <laughs> titles. From the different places that they released it. I, I got that they had, it had five different titles. Correct. Um, uh, Lionheart, which is the one we know. Right. Also known as Full Contact. Uh-huh. A wall, yep. Uh, absent without leave, which is just a wall. <laughs> uh, wrong bet, and Leon. Yeah, which is interesting. I don't know which one of those I like the most. I think maybe Lionheart. I is think probably, Lionheart's probably, is probably the, the best, best of them. Type. Yeah. I think uh, Leon is a bad title. I think Wrong Bet is not great. <laughs> not great. A <laughs> wall is okay. Uh, absent without leave is not good. No. Uh, I'm curious to see like why they flipped it around so much. I mean, the different titles. Yeah, I think it said something to do with just like that they were releasing it in different markets, and you know, kind of that because it was independently made, they were able to kind of play around with it a little bit. Huh. But why they just didn't go with one title, I I don't have an answer for you on that. Yeah, I really don't know either. Um, yeah, Li- I I would say Lionheart's definitely the the best of them. Yeah, for it sure. makes the most sense. That's for sure. Right. I mean, his name sounds like Lion. Sure. Lionheart. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. Get yeah. it. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, I guess we'll get. You want to get into rating this? We can. Let's let's do that because I think we we've really hit everything yeah, in this. And, and there's I mean, really not a ton. I think that's the thing about this movie is that there's not a lot there. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's it's not it, it's not that deep. There's not that much going on. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it is very straightforward as far as the plot goes. There's really not a ton going on. It, it, it's not a complicated plot. No. Um, what did you think of the acting in it? I mean, I think JCVD does a good job. Okay. I mean, obviously, he's not going to be winning any awards for his acting. But, no. I mean, one thing they always, I think they do good with him and his movies is they, they establish that he is a foreigner that he's not, you know, just like, oh, I'm an American, you know, and like I just have an accent, you know, that like he is foreign and they do a good job explaining that. And, you know, like you said, Joshua's good in the movie. I mean, no one's necessarily bad in the movie acting wise. Right. 
I just, I don't know. I just, there's something about it that I haven't quite put my finger on. Okay. <laughs> and I'm formulating it as I prepare to tell you what my rating is. Okay. So, all right. I'll hit the button. <laughs> okay. That's sad. Do you want me to go first? Um. Yeah. Why don't you go first? Okay. So we were, like I was talking, was talking to you before. This is, I think, my favorite Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Yes. Um, I've seen it a lot, and I think it's because you don't normally see him have very many lines or kind of act really at all. It's really, he's usually just kicking ass, and that's about it. Yeah. So it's it was interesting to see that portion of it, because this is a very, this movie's an outlier compared to a lot of his other films. A lot of his other films are are very much like Universal Soldier or Kickboxer or Bloodsport. I mean, they're all... He shows up, he kicks some ass, he moves on. It's right. really about the that's really basically the plot of almost all of his films. Right. Um this one, I mean he does do that, but there's also the subplot. <laughs> I was gonna say he kinda does do he that. He does kinda song. do that. But there's also the subplot with you know, with his with his uh, sister in law. You know, and, and he does act more. He emotes. Um I think he's I think he's very sympath a very sympathetic character, which normally he's not a very sympathetic character in his, that's in his fair. films. Uh, and overall, I, I found the movie very entertaining, um, and I usually watch it whenever it's on. So I'm going to give this, but I do definitely see <laughs> the plot holes in it. I see the kind of the silliness with it. Um, I will give this a three and a half. No, we give it a four. Four, okay. I'll give it a four. That is a, from my opinion, no, a very- hold on. <laughs> let, me, let me rethink this. I'm rethinking this now, because if I give this a three, it's a four, no- I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a I'll half. I'll be fair. Okay. <sighs> okay. Where to where to begin with this? Now, uh, like I said, I hadn't seen it in a long time. This is only my second time seeing it. You know, the first being the uh, mentioned sleepover when we were like probably ten years old. <laughs> um, I just don't know. I just feel like this movie. There's not enough there. Like it's a bunch of fight scenes, which I get. Action movies. A lot of them are fight scenes strung together. But I just, and I get what you're saying about having more to do in this movie, but I just, I don't buy any of this more to do, you know? Like, I just, like, I can't, I'm not invested in it. I don't, like, feel like, the, I feel like all the things I talked about where they kind of let it, they didn't, if they would have dug into it, things a few more and maybe fleshed out the plot, you know? Like, because I'm just like, I don't know. I just didn't really, there wasn't anything to this movie. And I think that there's better examples, like we said. I think Bloodsport is kind of the same thing. He, you know, has the scenes between the fight scenes, but I, I just, I feel like that plot makes more sense to me. Like, I feel like if you want to watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie like this, I feel like Bloodsport's better. <laughs> and, and I didn't hate watching it, but it also seemed longer than it needed to be to me. And I don't know. I just, I didn't remember it as fondly, and I haven't seen it as much, so I am going to give this... Two machine guns. Wow. <laughs> two machine guns. That's real low. If you wanted to be, if I want to be honest, initially I was thinking lower than that. Wow. All right. I just, I don't know. It, it just, just didn't speak to you. It I just gotcha. didn't speak to me. And I don't think it's a terrible movie, but it just, I was excited when you told me, because we I was like, I remember it. And I remember the sleepover. But then watching it, I was kind of like, eh. That's what I said when it was over. All right. And there's just other Jean-Claude Van Damme movies I'd rather watch. Okay. Well, we'll definitely get into those. <laughs> we will have, we may have a JCVD month. 
Hey, listen, I, I would be down to, I've never seen Universal Soldier. Yep. I've never seen Time Cop. Okay. I'd like to watch Double, Im- Double Impact again. Okay. So there's plenty of stuff. And I overall, this movie's not, it's not a bad watch. Mm-hmm. I just think if you're like, I'm going to watch a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, this is not the one I would recommend to you. Okay, fair enough. I can I can get behind that. I can I can definitely see where <laughs> and, you're thinking. And is. I and I think your love for JCVD is clouding your I don't, judgment a little bit. You're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. It's clouding you know, it a little bit, but I understand. It's that ass and banana hammock <laughs> is what it is. You do love his buns. I do. Big fan. Big fan of his buns and the splits. You know. <laughs> well, he doesn't do the splits in this one. Well, no, but I can pretend. Um, we didn't mention one of the things we didn't mention. There is a scene right after he finds out that his brother is uh, dead, he gets, like, uh, wasted. Yeah. Or I think it's after that his uh, sister won't see him. He goes to the bar and gets wasted and hammered, and that was pretty funny. Yeah, which <laughs> which is kind of basically what he was in the 90s, is just drunk all the time and, <laughs> and coked out. That's kind of his normal state of being at that point. Oh, and I'm, like, just a few other things I forgot to mention in my notes. He does, before that final fight, he does pay a doctor not to tell him about his broken ribs. <laughs> Which is weird. Because, I guess. Um, and there's some pretty fancy graphics that they show in the betting stuff. And I was like, who's doing those graphics? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. But, like I said, I mean, I don't, I don't hate this movie. And I wouldn't tell anyone not to watch it. But if you were like, what's the one Jean Claude Van Damme movie? This wouldn't be it for me. He's also randomly chewing gum in scenes. Oh, is he? I guess I didn't know. The very that. last scene where he's running and he's hugging them, you can see him chomping on gum. <laughs> it's very strange. We didn't even mention before they leave uh, New York, they get in a fight with a gang guarding a payphone. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> and that's where we see that uh, Joshua has some fight moves. Yeah. Because he beats up a guy pretty pretty handily. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't even put that, I didn't even put that together. Yeah. That, yeah, that makes sense. That establishes the fact that he was a fighter at one point. Right. Again, a dangling thread that they kind of show you but don't fully explore. Meh, I still like it. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. So we are the Last Action Podcast coming to you every Monday. Uh, we got lots of stuff on the GameZilla network. So GameZillaMedia.com to find all of your podcast needs. Uh, Last Action Podcast is us. We got Legend of Retro, GameZilla Podcast, Noobs and Dragons. We got uh, Bob and Bax. We got Noiseland. Uh, we got all kinds of stuff. So check us out, GameZillaMedia.com. And check us out wherever uh, podcasts are available. We're on every single major podcasting outlet. Even Spotify? Especially Spotify. Wow, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, it's new. <laughs> well, I mean, as of this recording... It won't be new. It won't really be new. Right. Because we record a little I don't know if people know. Breaking that, 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 that fourth wall. That fourth wall. We're knocking down the fourth wall. <laughs> Folks, we are recording in early February for a, an episode that won't be out until late March. Who knows what the world will look like when this is released. If it's even still around. Oh, geez. I hope so. I hope so, so we too. know when to listen to this. Oh, there might not be anybody listening to it now. <laughs> Anything you want to plug? Uh, no, not really. I mean, all the things that you plugged, I think there's something for everybody, you know, whatever's going to suit your needs, you're going to find something to listen to on GameZilla Media. So I think you should give them all a listen and figure out what suits you and then just keep listening. Yep. And, uh, I need to apologize to you. There's no hovercraft in this. Again, you know, I think you keep tricking me to come on because you're like, oh yeah, there's a hovercraft and I watched the movie and then there's no hovercraft. I can't believe you believe me every time. I know, but it's like, I'm just committed at this point. Well, (laughs) you do what you got to do. Uh, as of right now, though, this action, this, no, this, this, no, no, you know what? You start this one.
I'm just going to sit over here, push the buttons. It's late. You haven't said it yet. It's late. It's late. You know what? Screw it. You take the whole thing. I'm just going to push the button. This last action podcast has been terminated, but will be back. Oh, it's so late. It's like second episode Bond Roundtable late. <laughs> Should probably lower this. <laughs> Good night, everybody. It's real late.